I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. I'm Alex Del Sordo. And we have, but we have just Eddie. It's Kevin Sauer. Needed to France. Eric Murray. He, it's Mahe Drysdale. It is Sir Matthew Pinson. I'm Alex Del Sordo with Rower's Choice. And this is another podcast. And this is an exciting one because uh, I'm talking to a decorated Olympian. And I think I've done maybe five, maybe six, maybe more. But this is exciting. It's a female. She's in the sport of rowing. She's been doing this a long time. And not only is she a decorated athlete, she's a, a coach now. And she's the head coach of Long Island University. Jacqueline Smith, thank you for being here today. Thanks for having me. I got a million questions, but we always start with the first one. It's the same one. Everyone gets the same one. How old were you? Where were you when you took your, took your first rowing stroke? Funny enough, it was actually at this summer camp called Long Island Rowing. So I guess I'm coming full circle. So um, I had just turned 14 and I grew up going to a private Catholic school and I was, you know, doing the transition from grammar school that I had been there from nursery to eighth grade and I was going to the next school. So uh, the school that I chose to go to is Our Lady of Mercy Academy in Syosset, New York, and it was an all girls school. And it had offered the sport of rowing. Mm. And at the time, I had no idea what rowing was. Uh, I knew it had to do with something about boats, but past that, I, I didn't know. So uh, when I told my parents I was interested in, in trying out for the rowing team, I don't know if they, they were scared or they wanted it to work out. They, uh, they signed me up for a summer camp. So I, I took like a week, I don't know if it was a week or two week long uh, summer camp where they basically just taught you the ins and outs of basic rowing. Okay, so this is okay. This is interesting because I, I remember my experience, and I said, "Hey, I'm gonna go row," and my parents were like, uh, I don't, "What is that?" Uh, yeah, okay, go enjoy it. You know, I was a football player, but you're telling me your parents before you even started high school got you involved in a summer camp. That blows me away. I mean, I love that. I love that your parents uh, had the foresight to do that. Um, but how did you know rowing was offered at Lady of Mercy? Like. Did, did they reach out to you about like, these are the sports that you could do? Like, how did, how did that happen? So, you know, all these Catholic schools, uh, you have to take an entrance exam on Long Island. Basically you take an entrance exam and you can put three schools. There, there are more than three schools you can go to, um, but you can put three schools and you put them in the order you want to. So basically there's, it's kind of like college. You go to all these open houses, which is basically yeah. like touring the school. And uh, at the end of, you know, their open house, you go into the gym and it has all the clubs and sports that they offer. And wrong was one of them. So you take your first stroke. Do you remember who maybe a coach or who was there during that summer camp that, you know, you just will never forget? Yes. Her name was, her name was Annika. I believe she's still coaching on Long Island. I'm pretty sure she's, she's kind of a big wig here. I really do need to uh, find her and thank her for getting me started on it. But um, I remember seeing her a few times throughout like my high school career and it, it was funny. She, she was, she, I, I don't know if she's from Poland or Germany, but um, she had like a kid strapped to her stomach and a kid strapped to her back. And uh, it was funny, like as, as time went on, it would be like, oh, I'd, I'd meet somebody from Long Island Rowing. I'd be like, oh, like how are, how are Annika's like two kids going and doing? And, and they're like, gosh, I think she's up to like four now. So <laughs> she, she so did it all. What, um, I, you know, I, I don't want to put a woman on the spot, but, but what year was this? Like, how long ago was this when you started? This was the summer of 2007. 2007. So, so I got you beat in age. This is great. So we're going to be <laughs> across a lot of people that we know 
Uh, all right, so 2007, Jacqueline Smith gets on, gets in a boat and rows. Now, how successful was your high school career? Uh, I'd say freshman, sophomore year, I was just mediocre at best. Um, I think that I, I was pretty, I was pretty like, uh, I was like an average height. I was about five, five, eight, five, nine. That's where I'm pretty much at now. But I was like super like slim and, and gangly. And I didn't really know much about my body or <laughs> when to uh, use my legs, when to use my arms, had no core, had a bad back. Um, so I'd say it was basically probably my junior year or I guess sophomore year going into my junior year. Um, I think that we went to New York state championships my, my sophomore year and I didn't make the boat that I, I wanted to make. And that kind of lit a fire under me. And, you know, I think that that summer kind of was a little bit of a wake up call. And, you know, I decided, you know, what is college going to do for me? Am I just going to go to a local college here on Long Island and do my studies and that's it? Or, or do I want to get involved and do I want to try and fight for a seat on a college team and, and hopefully get a scholarship? Um, so what happened? I mean, where, where, what did you do? Where did you go? So basically I, I just started training harder. Uh, you know, I started to really hone in on my technique because I feel like you know, not being the biggest person in the boat, like you have to, you have to make everyone else look good. So uh, I started doing that, started lifting some weights and brought down my 2K score. And then that kind of opened the door for talking to college coaches, uh, getting on Be Recruited and going to tour some schools. Can you, can you remember going back your senior year, what your 2K was? I always love asking that question. It was, I think it was my junior year in March. I hit I broke eight. I hit 758. Hot dang. I mean, yeah. can you just think back to how exciting that moment was? I mean, that's it, a big deal. And it, it wasn't even just like out of practice. It was actually my high school at Mercy hosted a winter earn competition and it was there. So it was, it was pretty cool. I remember like, you know, my parents didn't know much about rowing. Like they, they knew about boats and, and, you know, we race, but you know, eight minutes, what does that mean to them? Um, but I remember, um, you know, looking up and, and I knew my mom had known that I was trying to break eight for so long. And, and I finally did. And I just look up and I can barely see I'm like blacking out and she's there like <laughs> with her arms up. So it, it was pretty exciting. What do you think about what do you think about high school girls today breaking seven minutes? I mean, think about the speed and just the strength these young women are reaching. I mean, could, could you even imagine back then going seven minutes? No, no. Um, <laughs> I remember like, you know, when I was in high school and, and being recruited, everyone's like, oh, you have to break eight or, or you're not going to get recruited. And then talking to like my coaches at the time and they were like, yeah, back when I was being recruited, if you were like in the eight twenties, you were going to get recruited. So, you know, I, I think it does say a lot about the sport and, and how, you know, far we were coming. Um, also, like, I think you can look at other sports and see, okay, like the, the time of like, you know, 40 yard dashes, how, how fast they've gotten, how many, you know, how many more pounds guys can bench press on, you know, football recruiting, stuff like that. So um, seven minutes is crazy. Um, but yeah, I think with, you know, the right coaching and the way that technology has come on boats, on oars, on erging and how we lift and train, it kind of makes sense.
I mean, like, you know, cause you're, you're, you're talking like you was like 2010, 2011, you're going eight minutes. That's, that's, that's over a decade ago. Right. So yeah, yeah it's, it's oh, that hurt Alex. That hurt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let that one dig in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is, it's the truth. I'm not lying. It's just, it's, Hey, it's a number. So you, um, you have, okay. So where do you go to college? Like where, where's the next step for you? What happens next? So funny enough, I know from, you know, listening to your podcast, you went to Marietta. Um, I, I was actually between Marietta and Sacred Heart. Wow. Yeah. So um, through the college recruiting process, um, my my parents are, are retired police officers in New York City. And when my dad retired, I mean, you know, you only have to do 20 years. So he was retired at the age of 40. Uh, he, oh he had, I know, right? <laughs> um, he His second career was that he uh, uh, supervises public safety at Adelphi University, which was a the university on Long Island right by our house. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, his shtick was that, you know, you can go to Adelphi for free or you can go anywhere you want, but you're paying for it. Oof. So I knew like, all right, if, if I'm going to go somewhere, I got to I have to get a scholarship. Uh, so I talked to a bunch of schools. Um, you know, I knew that I wasn't, you know, big school material, not o- not only like rowing standard wise, but also you know, I came from a small school. I, I knew that I needed kind of that smaller class size to, mm-hmm. to stay focused and, and on task. So um, I, you know, talked to a few schools um, and I'd gone out to Marietta, love the, love the college town. I liked that they kind of made rowing a big deal and yeah. you don't see that at many schools. So that kind of like sparked my interest. Um, when it came down to it, I think at the time I thought that that might've been a little bit too far away for me, especially because you had to what, fly into either Columbus or Cincinnati and then take another small plane to West Virginia. You have no idea. It, it's, it's the worst place to get to in the country because there's yeah. no direct. And, and I'm in, at the time I was in Jersey. So it's like a nine hour drive to get there, you know, or yeah. equally that long having to fly to Columbus and then, you know, a little charter to West Virginia. Um, actually, I want. I'm interested because I did spend a year there. I was there for one year, and then. Okay. Um, but what 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 made you decide not to go there? Like, what what was the deciding factor to not go to Marietta? So I, I wouldn't say that it was anything about Marietta that I didn't like. Um, it was that when I sat down with the coach at Sacred Heart, she she really sold it to me. Um, you know, first of all, Sacred Heart was you know probably a better distance away for me. Like it was about an hour and 15 minute drive, which, you know, close enough where I could go home or my parents could come up and visit me, but far enough where my parents were going to be popping, popping in, you know, on a random weeknight to surprise me for dinner. Um, But she really sold to me the program. She was brand new to the program, Nicoletta Mantescu. Um, She was part of the Romanian national team and then did some coaching for them. Uh, Then came over to the United States, I believe around 96 and was the general manager at Sagatuck, uh, which is a great program. So, you know, when she came to Sacred Heart and I knew it was a small school, but for someone of of that stature to come and, you know, coach at a small school, I knew that she had some some big hopes for this team and I want to be a part of it. Sort of, it sort of, uh, sort of sounds like you with Long Island. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But all right, so you do your college, but then you do something pretty crazy. I mean, you're you're an Olympian, and I want to I want to like I want to talk about this. So, tell me about your Olympic career. Tell me about um, 
sort of how you led to that, how you got into that boat, how you got focused there, like what happened, because obviously that happened after college. So like what, what got you to that level of rowing? It actually happened during college. I was during in college, college. when I made, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I rowed freshman year. Um, at this point, I was, I was becoming a decent rower, like, you know, nothing, nothing spectacular, but like much better than my freshman, sophomore year of high school. Um, you know, and went to Dadville's and I loved the, the camaraderie and the spectators being there. Um, so I was, I was really going all in on the whole rowing thing. And, um, you know, so I freshman year came and went. So sophomore year, I, I sit down, make a lot of my coach and I'm like, you know, this is great. I, I, I can row here for, you know, I still have two and a half, three more years left here, but what is rowing going to mean for me after college? and you know she was like you know there's masters rowing but you know that wasn't the kind of competition I was looking for I needed something more I'm I'm an adrenaline junkie so somehow we we stumbled you know across the fact that I with my vision I have um I was born with ocular albinism which causes me to be legally blind which you know some people think that's completely blind but it's actually I have a visual acuity of 2200 so something that's 20 feet away looks like it's 200 feet away from me. So I do have working vision, but at the same time, like it's, it's not the greatest. Um, so we stumbled upon the fact that I could be on the Paralympic team. And at the time, I, you know, I probably thought what everyone else was thinking, Paralympic, uh, you have to, you know, be missing a limb or, or something along those lines. Um, so I'd reached out to the, the coach. I'd sent them an email being like, introducing myself saying, Hey, like, I think I qualify. Like, you know, is there some sort of development camp that I can go to? Um, and they got back to me and they were like, yeah, there's going to be a development camp out in Oklahoma city. This is 2013. Um, so I'm at school and I think it was April and I find out like, okay, yeah, you got an invite to development camp in Oklahoma city, uh, in May. So I'm like, all right, I have no idea what to expect. I, you know, at the time I think, okay, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to, you know, show them what I got, but I'm probably not national team material yet. Go out to this camp, uh, perform pretty well. And I go home, you know, mom and dad, it was great. Coach, it was great. Had a good time. And I think it was like, not even a week later, I get a call from the national team, the new national team coach. And she was like, how do you feel about coming to Boston to try out for the national team? And who was that, that, that coach? Who, who, who this called? This was Ellen Minsner. She had just become the, the para national team coach. It was Karen Lewis before her. So it was, it was a transition. Ellen was new. Um, so I was like, all right, so cool. I'll, I got an invite to, uh, to try out. That's awesome. So I'm going to go and yeah, I'll try out. And it, it, it's okay if I don't make the team. Like I, I, I have no idea what I'm doing. Um, so I go out to Boston in June and, you know, it's a week long camp. Um, and I ended up making the team. So that kind of started it all. Like I, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but it all moved really quickly. What was going through your head? I mean, come on, give me something, Jacqueline. Give me something. Like you made the team. It's it was that just. I mean, you you, you had started rowing in two thousand seven. So you're talking about a six year six years of rowing, yeah. and you are now representing the United States. Like, were you just losing your mind on this one? This is incredible. I honestly, I had no idea what was going on. I was what I was nineteen. I think I was, I was going to be turning 20 in July. So I was 19 years old. And I think the, the, the next age to me in that boat, this boat was pretty old at the time. Um, 
sorry guys if you're hearing this uh, but <laughs> Andrew Andrew Johnson who had been on the national team for like five years sure. I believe he was like 26 28 wow. at the time so and he was you know the next person and then it was somebody who was uh Jenny Sitchell was around his age the coxswain but then it was also Eric McDaniel who was in his 30s and then Kathy Byington who was 50 so I was like I have no idea what's going on. These people are nowhere near my age. Uh, I'm moving to Boston for the summer where I know no one. It's not like I'm going said, to college. Uh, this you said Kathy age. Byington. You said Kathy Byington, right? Yeah. Her son, can't think of his name right now. What's her son? I used to I used to row with her son. Um, it's, a, it's a small world. I can't think, I can't think, um, can't think of his name right now. We rode together, um, so you're yeah, that you're 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 not lying. I mean, that's a huge yeah. age difference. I mean, you're talking like decades of of, yeah. of a difference. Was that a challenge for you, jiving with the team, being that 19, 20 year old? I mean, did they give you the respect that you were hoping for, or was there some some difficulty there? Yeah, I think that they gave me the respect. Um, it was just more so the the social part of it outside of practice. You know, so like we'd go to practice and you're in the boat and you're focusing, you're pushing yourself technique wise, you're working on all that stuff. But then I was like, all right, practice is over. What am I going to do now? Like, who am I going to hang out with? Um, I was living with a host family. Um, I believe it was just a, a single woman. And it was kind of like, I was a little bit isolated. Like I, I'd go home and basically it was, it was just like Netflix and Hang out by yourself. So it, was, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the the stardom that you you really think of. It's a very it's a very lonely. Uh, we hear it all the time. It's a very lonely lifestyle to try to be an Olympian or to try to be on the national team. Like you have to be very selfish. Um, there is not a lot of partying, right? You're 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 there for a job. So you, you make this yeah. team. This is 2013 going into 14. Um, Olympics are right around the corner, so to speak. I mean, you're a couple of years away. Um, so when you're, when you're not rowing for the national team, you're rowing with your Sacred college, heart. right? Yeah. Sacred hearts. You're going back and forth. Um, when was your first taste of victory at the Paralympic level? Like where para rowing, like when did you get your first victory? That following year. That following so, year. 14. Yeah. So 2013, we went to South Korea. We, we came in fourth, um, you know, and it, it was decent rowing, but you know, at the same time, it wasn't that fun um, for me. You know, I, I don't think that it, it, you know, rowing is all that much fun if you hop on an air. But, um, you know, I kind of went back to Sacred Heart and I was like, all right, like I, I far more enjoy my time rowing at Sacred Heart than I do on the national team. Um, but then, you know, I'm starting to think like, okay, like made my family really proud. Yeah, I, I did enjoy going on a South Korea, kind of opened my eyes to something I've never done before. So I'm like, do I try out for the national team in 2014? I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Then I'm like, all right, let, let me just go up to Boston. I'll try out and then I'll, you know, make a decision if I make the team. I go up to Boston and, you know, there were six people that tried out in 2013. There was 14 people that tried out in 2014. And I wasn't the youngest. So I went from being like the youngest by like years in 2013 to those that made the boat uh aside from jenny the coxswain i was the oldest there were two 16 year old guys and then danny hansen was a few months younger than me so it was a very different experience how do you wow i mean this, this conversation is changing a little bit than what i expected that's a huge jump in qualified 
members trying out. I mean, you're, you're talking about doubling, if not a little bit more. Was What was the reason behind that growth in 2014 and 15? Like what happened? That was all Ellen Minsner and her recruiting. You know, she came in as, you know, the new coach. And, you know, I think prior to that, you know, including myself, like I was born and raised with a disability, but I had no idea that I qualified for the Paralympics. Um, you know, so I think she reached out to a lot of colleges and was like, hey, if you have an athlete that, you know, you honestly, you college coaches might not know, but you might have an athlete that has a disability that you don't even see or know about. Um, mm-hmm. Club feet, herbs palsy, uh, some forms of arthritis, that all qualifies you for the Paralympics. So, you know, I think she went in, sent some, some messages to some college coaches and, and some high school programs and, and got a handful of of eligible athletes. I got, I got to ask this, I, I, you know, cause, and, and, I, and this is coming from a very naive place. Like I, I'm very ignorant with, with a lot of this stuff. So I'm going to preface this um, by saying that you call it a disability. I mean, is, is there a right word to use in describing sort of the para world of rowing? Like, you know, someone has a missing arm, they're short, they're this, they're that. Like, is, is it a disability or how do you, how do you describe it? What's yeah, a better it's a disability. It's a disability. Um, you know, there's, there's definitely different kind of points of the spectrum, obviously. Um, you know, we go over to Rio and it's like, you know, there are people that don't have any arms or legs. And then you have us who, you know, you're walking down the street and no one would know that you have a disability. So there's definitely different, you know, points of the spectrum, but yeah, it's, it's fair to call them all disabilities. Okay, great. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, thank you for that. So you, you go to Rio, this is wild. So 2016, Rio Olympics, you're representing the United States. What was the category and what was the boat that you were, you were in? So at the time, our category was called the LTA-4, which stood for legs, trunk, and arms, which means that the athletes in the boat could use their legs, trunk, and arms. Who was in that boat? That boat was stroked by Dorian Weber, and it was Zach uh, Burns, Danny Hansen, myself, and Coxton Jenny Sitchell. And and what's and 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 did, does it have to be a mixed boat? Does it have to be men and women, or could it be it all? It does. Men? Yeah, so it does. It has to be a mixed boat. It has to be uh, two men, two women. Uh, you can't even do three women and one man, one man. So uh, we did try and and finagle that years later, and it, it didn't work out. Um, just when the the pool was larger on the woman's side than the men's side. Um, but it, yeah, it had to be two and two. Coxon's gender did not matter. Um, and at the time, about, it was. Think about um, what do you think about mixed lineups? Um, do you think that that could be the future of of rowing, or should be the future of rowing? Forget about just the para rowing side. I'm talking like at the highest possible level as well, like of you know national Olympic level rowing. I, I honestly, I don't think so. I think that there is really something to say when you have you know a men's category and a women's category. It provides equal opportunity to both sides. Um, but, you know, take all that out of consideration. It's very hard to match up men and women. Um, the, the cool thing that I think was for us was that, you know, women tech typically have better technique and, and men are your powerhouses. So it was a lot of bringing that together. But there's a lot of, of math and, you know, science. And Ellen was an expert at, at this, but, you know, or, or lengths, they had to be different. Uh, the way the our shoes are set up in the boat, different. And and then in, uh, on top of all of that, she had to think about, okay, well, 
you know, if this person has club feet, they're not going to be able to get this extension. So she, she was really kind of a, a magician when it came to all that. There's so there's, you know, it's so it's so wild. I think the general public has no idea how much time and energy goes into making these lineups. You're exactly right. I mean, it's, it's almost like a mad scientist is there picking apart the right athletes and figuring out how they go and where they go. Um, I, and I and I appreciate your stance on uh, the mixed lineups. I think from a visual standpoint, the average uh, viewer has no idea what's going on. It could be two men and two women, four women, two men, it doesn't matter. The average individual watching doesn't really know the difference, uh, but you're right. I think it is very challenging to match up lineups to be very competitive and and uh, I just I appreciate your stance on that. Um, how well did you do in the LTA four plus at Rio? Uh, so we got second in Rio. We got second in 2014, second in uh, 2015. 2015 was the closest we ever came. We were 0. 0.026 seconds away from getting Great Britain, but uh, Great Britain has really dominated the four. Um, so since 2014 through the, even this past Olympics, um, Great Britain has gotten gold and the U.S. has gotten silver. And can you remember being on the platform, getting your silver medal in Rio? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What goes through your mind and body as you're getting the medal around your neck? Uh, for me, it was it was actually a really uh, surreal experience. Um, you know, we, we race and, you know, we had really gone into Rio thinking this is our year. We're, we're going to win gold this this whole past year. Everyone's PR'd on everything. We're we're throwing down these splits and times that like we've never thrown down before, um, especially coming off a year that we were so close to beating Great Britain. Um, so you know we we end up coming in second. Um, there was an issue with the Cox box. The Cox box went out. So you know me as the bow seat, I'm kind of going through my head like, is the Cox box out? Is it just me like blacking out? Like should I speak up? Should I not? And it ended up being out. So, you know, we cut across the finish line and I'm, I'm kicking myself. Like I should have said something, um, you know, not to take away from Great Britain. They, they clearly won that race, but I just think that, you know, maybe I could have made somewhat more of a difference if I had spoken up about that. Um, but we crossed the finish line, we got second. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're a bit bummed out because, you know, we were expecting gold and, you know, you put all this time and energy into training that, you know, it, it, it is a little bit of a letdown. Don't, don't get me wrong. We're very grateful that we were able to come away with a medal. There's nothing greater than, you know, representing your country and, and coming away with some hardware. Um, but then, you know, after, after all the tears and the, you know, thanking your teammates and all that, you know, I'm on the podium and, and I look up and, you know, I see the American flag being raised and I see my parents standing there. And it was actually the, the 15th anniversary uh, remembrance of 9-11. Mm. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, memories from 15 years prior to that came flooding through my mind about, you know, saying goodbye to my mom was already at work. My dad was, you know, I had to say goodbye to him. Um, I had actually been home from school that day. So I, I saw it all happen. So it was, you know, it was, it was a lot, you know, 15 years ago, I didn't know if mom and dad were coming home and here they are standing watching me get a silver medal at the 2016 Paralympics. I, um, okay. It's not like you buried the lead here, but like, holy cow, your parents and you were involved in, in 9-11. I can't, I, I yeah. that's amazing to me. Like that, that's wild. And they survived. Yeah. I mean, clearly. Yep. Um, yeah. 
Because that would have made you, you were like six years old, I guess. I was, uh, I just turned eight. You just turned eight. Yeah. And as an eight-year-old, you still remember that like it's clear as day. Yeah, I can remember it like it was yesterday. Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, listen, I'm grateful for your parents and I'm grateful that they got to be there at, at Rio. I, and I don't want to like dismiss that moment, but I, I want to talk about this thing that you said. You said it was a letdown getting second. You must have incredible just competitiveness flow flowing through you because I'm thinking as me, a bystander of this boat, I would have been thrilled with second place, but there you are like, you know what? Yeah, you're happy, but you're like, oh God, we should have gotten gold. I mean, that that speaks a lot to the direction of where we're headed in American rowing. I love that. Um, Okay. So you, you get second, you get a silver medal. Um, at what point do you get into coaching? Because that, that's a huge decision. That's a life decision you're making. Clearly, you're the head coach of Long Island University. You're back in your home area. Like, when did you decide, I want to do this for the rest of my life? So where, where I started with coaching and where, when I decided, all right, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life are two, two very different points. Um, I started coaching, um, actually, the year before Rio. So I graduated in 2015. And... Um, you know, I graduated and college wrong was over. So, you know, I was actually between, um, I was going to go for my master's degree. Uh, I was getting it at Sacred Heart and the Nicoletta Mantescu, the coach, you know, approached me and she was like, do you, do you want to coach? And, you know, I said, why not? You know, I can continue to train for Rio. I can continue to, you know, hone up on, on technique and, and my coaching ability, you know, while getting my master's, it's a win, win, win. So I started coaching. 2015, right after I graduated, was coaching at Sacred Heart um, from 2015 till uh, this past year. And um, it was funny, actually, I had actually gone after my master's at Sacred Heart, I went to uh, Fairfield University, and I got my master's in school counseling. That's what, you know, I went to school for. I went to, you know, Sacred Heart. I, I got my undergrad in psychology with a, a concentration in education. I, I got my, ma- my first master's in elementary ed. And mm-hmm. my full intention was to go on to become a school counselor. And you know, I graduated and then COVID hit. Uh, so no schools were really hiring. And then um, basically the, this past year it was like, all right, like I'm looking for jobs. Um, no schools are really hiring yet. And the ones that are hiring are hiring in district. So, you know, and I was kind of ready for an, a new challenge, um, you know, had been at Sacred Heart and I enjoyed my time there and I loved working with the girls, but I think I was kind of ready to, to take on a head coaching position. So um, just one day, it was like two days before my 28th birthday. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw my, you know, wrong resume, you know, out there. And I think I applied for two positions and, you know, so that was July 1st. My birthday is July 3rd. Everyone's away for the weekend, the holiday weekend. I think July 5th, you know, I'd thrown my, application at two places and I got like five phone calls so I guess word word traveled quickly that my resume was out there I mean how do I get that (laughs) I mean oh my god I can be so lucky um well so so Long Island is a brand new program am I I right in saying that like it's completely new um not even there's you know a lot of schools that start you know division one rowing team they started because they have a club that's 
going pretty well. Long Island University doesn't even have a club. So I'm, I'm starting at uh, ground zero. No boats, no boathouse, no ergs, nothing. Okay, well, let's let's talk about that. Like you got you got nothing. Do you have any athletes at least? Do you have interested kids? Yeah, so I actually reached out. You know, I think that as every college coach does, I reached out to the student body that already, you know, attends LIU and see, you know, does anyone have any interest in joining the rowing team? I'll teach you how to row. You don't need any rowing experience. If, if you have prior athletic experience, that's great. If not, it's fine. Come on down. So, uh, when's, your, when's, your, when's your inaugural? This is your inaugural season this year. This, no, next year. Next, next year. year. Yeah. So, Basically, it's a year of recruiting, finding a boathouse, getting some boats, just got my ergs in, so. This is wild to me. I mean, there's not many chances anyone who could ever have your position. It's not, it's so rare to find someone who's just starting out brand new, not having anything behind you. I really hope that, I mean, we're always here for you, but do you have like a, a group of coaches and people that you're looking for advice from and, and support from? Like, I guess some of your old coaches that you were with in the past. Oh yeah, I mean, Nicoletta Manteski has been been phenomenal. She's really helped me. I mean, she's she's built programs before. So uh, I've been lucky enough to have her kind of, you know, as a tool in my back pocket, you know, picking her brain about, you know, where do I start? You know, what am I asking for? You know, because everyone has an idea in their mind about, okay, these are the kinds of boats I want. These are the kinds of, kinds of athletes I want. Sure. Um, but, you know, rowing isn't cheap to start up. So, you know, it's all about budgeting and, and making sure that, you know, we're going to have not only what we want, but what we need first. Wow. I mean, holy cow. Okay. There's, well, let me, let's, I, I want to end with this because this is something I think. So I'm from South Jersey and I would have, I would have, I was a lifeguard for like 10 years. And I'd have beach patrons come to us and say, is that New York City? Is that Long Island? Pointing to Atlantic City, right? And uh, it was, and like, they didn't know. Like people, people didn't know. They don't know what a Long Island is. They don't know what, they, they don't know anything. And you ask the average rower, you know, where the, the hotbeds of rowing are. And Long Island is never in discussion. It's never in discussion. It is a weird little place near New York. That's very hard to get to. I think you agree with me. In fact, you can't even take trailers on certain roads because of the low overpasses. So like yeah. there's only one way in and out. Is there strong rowing in Long Island? I mean, are you expecting big things uh, for the future of your program? Because it's again, it's, it's not Boathouse Row. It's not Boston. It's not yeah. California. Yeah, I am. So, you know, there are a good handful of uh, decent high school uh, and club teams here on Long Island. But the thing that, you know, is funny is like, all right, we're on Long Island. Um, these kids that are at these programs on Long Island, they want to go away to college. So it's not like I need to pick from here. I'm looking for the, the kids from South Jersey. I'm looking for the kids from Boathouse Row from Boston. You know, they want to experience something new. And Long Island's a pretty cool place to experience. We have beaches. We have the city. Uh, there's so much to do. So, you know, yeah, there's, there's some good programs here, but that's not where the majority of my athlete pool is going to be coming from. And do you have, um, do you have scholarships available for good rowers to come into your program? I do. Tell me about that. I mean, is, is this a big uh, focus for Long Island University or is, is it just going to get started like a slow little thing, like a little, little trickle, like a couple here and there? 
they're they're fully supporting it. They've been great. Um, but you know, in terms of building a team, you know, from the ground up, that's going to be a little bit slower than you know I'd like or anyone else would like because you know you have recruits come to campus and it's like I can't have them stay for an overnight because I don't have kids already on the team. So you know, so this next year I think will be will be considerably slow. I, I do have a few recruits uh, and I already have uh, a commit and looking to sign a few others for next year but you know I think it, with each year I'll get more and more recruits coming in because okay well you know when I first got here I don't have a boathouse to show them I don't have boats to show them I don't have anything like that you know now you know next year I'll have a boathouse I'll have boats I'll have kids that they can stay with so I think with each year the the, the ball will get rolling a bit faster and faster how about uh how about like support from uh like like what do you call uh, assistant coaches? I mean, are you going to be bringing on some some help uh, for you? Yeah, our plan is to uh, hire an assistant coach for an August first start. This August. This August. Yep. Yo, Jacqueline, this is. I mean, I'm I'm beaming ear to ear because you know for so long we sat here in the pandemic like oh rowing is going away oh there are people are shutting down and here you are long island university starting a brand new program i mean that just makes me look forward to the future i mean that that's yeah. a big it's a big deal and the yeah. fact that you're like this is your hometown i mean this is like where you grew up right it's very cool to be back a lot of a lot of pride in that well how about you do this give me a 30 second pitch on why i alex del sordo should go to Long Island University. Why should I row for you? All right. Well, first of all, you get to row for me, obviously, Alex. But um, and and you and you get to be, you know, I mean, is there any better mascot for a rowing team than a shark? I, mean. I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> so no, but LIU is a great, great uh, university. It has recently merged. It used to be CW Post and Long Island University, and Long Island University was in Brooklyn. So we do have two campuses, but we've recently merged to kind of come up with a, a powerhouse of athletics. Um, so, you know, it's a great opportunity to become a part of a school that is, is quickly building. Um, and the great thing about it is not only are you getting great athletics, you're getting great academics. And not only are you gonna be, you know, learning in the classroom and in a small class size where you're not only, a, you're not a, a number in the class, you're a name, but being on Long Island and being so close to New York City and, and everything that we have to offer here, there are so many opportunities for internships, for clinicals, for, you know, things that are going to help build your resume. So, you know, I'm looking for athletes, obviously, but a big part of, of my job and, you know, working for, for smaller programs is that I'm helping kids, you know, build their resume and prepare them for life after college. And that's what you'll get. You'll get the full student athlete experience here at LAU. I mean, come on. What a, what a, what a 30 second pitch. I mean, I, quite frankly, I think your comedy, uh, won me. Yeah, I do want to roll for you. And yes, I think a shark is probably the most badass <laughs> mascot there is out there. Uh, Jacqueline, I've had such a good time talking to you and I look forward to our next conversation one year from now, when you are now in a boathouse, you are with boats, with athletes, and we will be doing a part two, everyone tuning in. A part two will be coming, but not for another year. Jacqueline, thank you for being here. It's been great. Alex, thanks so much for having me. It was great to chat with you. See you later, everybody. Good luck. Happy New Year.